Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think we really got something here. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The Nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the Nightcap. What's going on, everybody? Louis DiBiase joining you here with TJ Luckman on the board with you for another uh, 50 minutes here on WGR Sports Radio 550. 803-0550 is the number to call. I'm in for my brother Joe DiBiase, who will be back on Monday. Got into some Hall of Fame game talk, the pass interference challenge. You heard from Chris Trapasso of CBS NFL, who joined Bulldog earlier today. Now I want to get into some uh, some Bills talk also later on and continue with that poll, by the way. I mean, over 2,000 of you have contributed to this late-night discussion at WGR 550. What is the best NFL game day theme song? Real quick, though, the Bills preseason. This Thursday, they take on the Indianapolis Colts at New Era Field. I'm really excited. I, I think this is a it's a huge year. Of course, Josh Allen is a big ticket item in his second year, but you know the defense has new parts with Ed Oliver – and on offense, you brought in a brand new supporting cast for Allen, which a lot of teams have been doing the same thing with their second-year quarterback. When you have a guy on a rookie deal not making nearly anything, you can su- surround him with, I mean, look at the Chiefs. with. They, I mean, they're paying Sammy Watkins $16 million. While that is a terrible contract, they have that flexibility because Patrick Mahomes, who threw 51 touchdowns last year, is making chump change compared to the likes of, oh my God, Kirk Cousins, which is that contract still blows my mind. So, I mean, for me, I'm really looking forward to that dynamic the most. Josh Allen, his second year in this chemistry with his new look receiving core. I mean, they are vastly improved. While they still don't have a bona fide wide receiver one, they don't have the likes of Julio Jones or Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, right? Michael Thomas. They don't have that guy quite yet. But what they did do is surround Allen with a lot of receivers that complement his strengths and also some receivers that can mask his weaknesses a little bit more. I think for sure when you look at Cole Beasley and John Brown, bringing those two in, you can see what the Bills were trying to do by bringing those guys in. And, you know, they're, they're pretty cost efficient. I know $9 million for John Brown seems like a lot now. But when you look at, I mean, when you look at the cap, when you look at the money receivers are making now, a Marquise Lee in Jacksonville, for instance, is making $8.5 million. You can't really find a, a John Brown, a wide receiver two, a wide receiver three type that's pretty productive, not a bona fide number one, but you can't find that solid wide receiver two or wide, wide receiver three without really paying more than, I mean, without paying less than, I'd say, seven, eight million dollars. And you could see what the Bills are trying to do with Beasley and Brown. I think Beasley, number one, is going to help tremendously with Allen's short and intermediate game, which is his weakness right now. The guy loves to sling it down the field. He has, outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes, the biggest arm in the NFL, for sure. Um, but the accuracy thing still on these five-yard out routes across the middle, throwing with anticipation and, and touch, uh, you did see some things last year 
in that area for sure, but Cole Beasley is going to make that a lot easier for him in the slot because whereas some other receivers you know, last year couldn't make that if Allen throws it a little bit behind him, he couldn't come back around back shoulder and bring that down. Cole Beasley is going to be able to do that. He made a guy in Dak Prescott look sometimes. I mean, Prescott's very up and down. Prescott, for me, is very much so like an Alex Smith where I'm not paying him $34 million. Beasley really made Prescott look good a lot of the time. I think he's going to help Allen do that same thing, and I think that will help Allen grow accuracy-wise as his career goes further and further. So I'm very excited to see Allen's chemistry with this new-look receiving core. John Brown, too. I mean, this is a deep threat that Allen's going to love to target down the field. Outside of Deshaun Jackson this year, available on the open market, John Brown was my favorite speed wide receiver. That I mean, you basically chose, unless you were going to trade for Deshaun Jackson, John Brown was the guy on the open market that was the best option for Allen. You look at even last year, he and Joe Flacco, before Flacco went down and Lamar Jackson came in for Baltimore last year, John Brown and Joe Flacco were clicking. You can look at, of course, the box score, the game log of Brown down the stretch with, with Lamar. Not great. Two catches for 23 yards, one catch for nine, two for 27, one for seven. He and Lamar really struggled because Jackson's deep ball accuracy last year was just not on point. But you look at what Brown did with a big-armed quarterback and Joe Flacco, very similar to Josh Allen in that way, loves to push the ball down the field. He had games of four receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. The following week, five catches for 86 yards. Comes back against Pittsburgh, three catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. A couple weeks later, seven catches, 134 yards and a touchdown. Him and John, uh, him and Flacco, excuse me, were really clicking last year. And I think him and Allen are going to continue to grow that chemistry this offseason like they have at training camp so far. And I think that's going to be a fun combo that's going to get Bills fans excited. And we'll see that for the first time against the Colts on Thursday. We're going to take a call here now. We have a caller on the line. It's Jerry from Kenmore. Jerry, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Nightcap. Hey, how are you? Um, you know what? Um, I think something I'm also interested in if, uh, for the indie game this Thursday is, you know, I don't know where he is on the depth chart, but Chad Kelly's a Colt. That's right. Um, so we're probably going to see him. It's, uh, you know, a quarter or whatever. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him. Um, you know, he's obviously made a lot of bad decisions. The other thing I, I wanted to make a comment on, I know we have a month before the season starts, and, and I, uh, I I actually watch some of the, the NFL Network like when I'm getting ready for work and stuff in the morning, and I am already tired of hearing about the Browns, mm. Jets, and the Bills, and I'll tell you why. Because they're still the Browns, the Jets, and the Bills, and until they win, I really don't want to hear about it. You know, it's, it's they're still the Browns. It's, how are you going to make two... Two wide receivers that are used to 140 targets each, happy on a team. Interesting. Thanks for the call, Jerry, for sure. The Chad Kelly thing I could not care less about. Um, Just don't want to hear about him anymore in the NFL, and especially with the Colts now. I mean, he's not touching the field with Andrew Luck there. The Browns' point is very interesting. The Cleveland Browns are the hype team of 2019. You see this all the time. You see it with the Raiders a couple years ago, the Jaguars after their AFC championship. There There are teams every single year that are hyped up to be this Super Bowl contender that do not meet those expectations. And Cleveland is that for sure. I don't like saying just, though, that they're the Cleveland Browns because this is a very different team. They're a very different constructed team. While they're very young, I don't think they have any starters that are, under, that are over the age of 30. But you have some incredible pieces there. Up front on the defensive line, Miles Garrett, Sheldon Rankins, or Sheldon Richardson, excuse me, 
You've got Olivier Vernon, who you brought over from the Giants. You've got a really strong defensive line. You've got Denzel Ward at corner. You brought in Greedy Williams at corner from LSU. Baker Mayfield in his second year. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson. I mean, eventually Kareem Hunt's going to come back. It, I get the hype. It is hard not to buy into Cleveland this year. And that's why, look, even last year, they took significant steps when Kitchens took over for Hugh Jackson and Baker Mayfield took over for Tyrod Taylor. You could tell that team was going places. So I understand the hype. I think it's a little too premature to call them Super Bowl contenders. I don't think it's fair, though, to say they're the Cleveland Browns. This is what's going to happen. I like the moves they've made in the front office. I'm not ready to make them Super Bowl champions, but you've seen teams in their second year with a second-year quarterback take a huge step. The Kansas City Chiefs last year going from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. The Philadelphia Eagles in 2017 going from 7-9 and to winning a Super Bowl. The Browns were 7-8-1 and last year. I could see that happen for sure with Cleveland, so I don't think it's fair to just say that they're the Cleveland Browns, and that's going to happen again. And also, the, the Jarvis Landry-Odell Beckham comment. It is interesting. Jarvis Landry is used to a high volume of targets from Miami and in Cleveland last year. And Odell Beckham, too. He's going to want the ball. They're big personality wide receivers. I think what Cleveland is banking on that it's going to make it work is those two are boys. They're best friends. They played at LSU together, right? Throwing, catching passes from Zach Mettenberger in the LSU days. So they've played together before. They know what they're getting into. I think that's where they've, they're probably feeling pretty confident in it. And also, when you have the opportunity to trade for Odell Beckham, you don't do it because you don't say no because uh, Jarvis Landry might have a problem with his targets now. It, it, Odell Beckham's a top five wide receiver. When you can get him for the package they did with, with David, David Gettleman willing to get rid of him for a pick and Jabril Peppers, I'm, I'm taking that every day of the week. I'm interested to see how the dynamic works, too, for sure. I think that they have a lot of talent. They're very young. Not going to call them a Super Bowl contender, but it's not fair to just say, hey, they're the Cleveland Browns. And I don't think it's fair to say that about the Buffalo Bills either, you know, or the New York Jets. You see all three teams, by the way, second-year quarterbacks. I'm not going to be surprised at all if these three teams are legitimate contenders in the AFC this year pushing for playoff spots. Second-year quarterbacks have taken huge steps recently in the NFL, especially when the team invests in their coaching staff being offensive dominant and they invest in weapons. You know, look at Jared Goff, the step he took when they finally brought in, they got rid of Fisher, they bring in McVay, they give him Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and then they bring in Brandon Cooks to replace Watkins and they get Todd Gurley. And you saw the jump Goff took from year one to year two. Patrick Mahomes, of course he didn't play in year one, but year two and Andy Reid's offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt and now Mecole Hardman and Sammy Watkins, you saw the jump Mahomes took. You saw the the jump Carson Wentz took when they brought in Alshon Jeffrey, right? Even Mitchell Trubisky last year. Trubisky didn't have the kind of season those other guys I mentioned did, but they bring in Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller and Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen, and Matt Nagy at head coach, another guy from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and look at the step that Chicago took. We see the comparisons a lot here on WGR. People are comparing the Bears and the Bills significantly because you can see the the steps, the building blocks the Bills are taking is very similar to what the construction of other NFL teams are doing right now. And it's, look, all the teams with rookie or second-year quarterbacks are taking this very seriously now. They're taking advantage of these guys not making a lot of money. 
Look at the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. They're trying to revamp that whole offense around him. John Harbaugh says it's going to be something NFL offenses have never seen before, and it's going to change the league. Very interested to see what they're going to do with that. I mean, they bring in Mark Ingram. I like Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State at running back two. You draft Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma in the first round, a burner to replace John Brown, hoping Lamar Jackson's accuracy gets better. The Jets, they bring in Le'Veon Bell. The Bills bring in John Brown, Cole Beasley. They sign TJ Yeldon. They draft Devin Singletary in the third round. Cleveland, of course, trades for Odell Beckham. Even Arizona. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, after taking Kyler Murray first overall, even though they needed offensive line help desperately, they go out there and with Larry Fitzgerald already and Christian Kirk and David Johnson, they go out and take Andy Isabella in the uh, third round, I believe. Then they take Hakeem Butler out of, uh, in, the, in the fourth round, a guy that was my second favorite receiver in the draft. And I feel like they're just going to go empty sets now for the entire season with Kyler. But they're, they're fitting Kyler's strengths. They're trying to max out his position. People are now going all in on quarterback in the NFL. And, of course, they have in the past. But I've never seen the same kind of strategy be so repetitive across the league. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing it, and that's why I just I don't think it's fair to say, hey, this is the Buffalo Bills, this is the New York Jets, this is the Cleveland Browns, this is what they do. I, I, just, I think it's premature and unfair to say that. I'm going to keep our, our, my eyes on it for sure. Cleveland, I don't want to say they're the Super Bowl champions this year, but would I be surprised if any of these teams this year end up becoming the Kansas City Chiefs of last year or the, the Chicago Bears of last year? Not at all. The only team that's not really doing that and have built in a similar path taking Daniel Jones seventh overall, is the New York Giants. But, you know, that's uh, that's David Gettleman. This is the nightcap on WGR. We're going to take a break in a minute. But, you know, just wrapping this up, Allen and his chemistry with these receivers, very fun dynamic that I'm excited to watch. There's not a lot of question marks on defense. Sean McDermott's had that unit pretty, pretty solid the past few years, and adding Ed Oliver is only going to help. But can some of these younger wide receivers develop too? You know, Zay Jones. Can he develop like some other wide receivers who took longer? You know, look at a Devontae Adams or a Tyler Boyd or a Nelson Aguilar. Devontae Adams, his first two years in the NFL in Green Bay, 446 receiving yards, 483 receiving yards. Tyler Boyd had a 1,000-yard season last year. Before that, two years ago, 225 yards on 22 catches. Nelson Aguilar, his first two years, was one of the worst wide receivers I have ever seen play. It was a catastrophic start to his NFL career. Zay Jones, he took a step last year with seven touchdowns. Can him or Robert Foster take that next step? It's going to be a fun dynamic. The offense is the big question mark this year because if the Bills can get that together, if Josh Allen can take the step that some of these other quarterbacks have in year two, the sky's the limit for this team. And in this mosh pit that is the AFC fighting for wildcard spots, the Bills have as good of a chance to me as anybody, but it really rides on this passing game for sure. 803-0550 is the number to call. Louis DiBiase in for Joe DiBiase, a.k.a. Sneaky Joe. He's out for the day. He'll be back on Monday. We'll get your calls. We're going to continue some Bills talk. It's a Football Friday edition. We've got 30 minutes to go. This is the Nightcap on WGR. It's the Nightcap. Welcome back in, everybody. WGR Sports Radio 550. Louis DiBiase in for my brother Joe today. Wrapping up the weekend with this Football Friday edition of the show. The Blue and Red practice going on with the Bills right now down at New Era Field. Follow Sal for updates at Sal Sports. And follow us on Twitter at WGR 550. Also because you get these uh, nightly, late-night discussions that I've been rocking over on my overnight shift at 
930 WBEN. So I did one yesterday that you got like 2,000 votes right now. A lot of you guys contributing. What is the best NFL game day theme song? TJ rocking the uh, NBC Sunday Night Football theme heading in. And that is that's probably my favorite. I, I put four choices here on the poll. I left out the Thursday Night Football NFL Network stuff because not really sure anybody growing up that was their favorite. And, you know, still, Thursday Night Football is probably the worst of all of them. So let's go to the results here. Uh, Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football are tied at 27%. CBS is in third at 23%. And then Fox is in dead last at 22 And I get that because, I mean, first off, I'm not a big Troy Aikman guy, not a big Joe Buck guy. Um, CBS, though, it's probably because the Bills are on CBS all the time. So growing up, for me at least, I, you know, I watched a lot of NFC football growing up, kind of bounced around different teams as a kid. I was an independent kid. I wanted my own stuff, my own teams. So Fox is something I really like to listen to. It's probably my second favorite outside of Sunday Night Football. I get CBS, though. Growing up in a Bills household, the CBS theme every 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 Sunday at 1 o'clock, you hear that, and it's it's hard not to get those jitters, you know, and that's what I got yesterday watching the Hall of Fame game because, again, the gameplay nobody really cares about, but you hear that Sunday Night Football theme or this Fox theme and, oh, uh, it's crazy how, how a song can make you just think about a million different games and, you know, memories. And TJ, what's your favorite of all the ones that you've, you've been playing and we've, we've talked about? I mean, CBS is the one for Bills fans, but, I mean, right now, Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football are, are leading here at 27%. I, I was saying to you off the air that I think, uh, you know, with all the themes and all that, the CBS one I've watched the most over the years right. just because I watch so much It's a much nostalgic Bills. thing. Um, but I think the one that really gets me going, I really like uh, the NBC theme. I think I think you the get, like, nervous excitement. Right, right? it's like very. I'm trying to find the right maybe? word. Suspenseful is probably the best word I'm gonna get get to. You can just you right can feel now. it's the music. There's projects, tension. In, there's tension yeah. in the music. The music and you projects the it. moment for yes. sure. You can tell that you're the prime time national game that everyone in America is watching this one. You can feel that in the song. For sure. And that's probably why it's my favorite one, because also, too, growing up as a kid, you know, you got school the next day and you're trying to get this win. Your team's trying to get this win. So your Monday is not terrible. Right. Because I remember growing up when your team loses it for me, at least when it was that big of a passion, it ruins the rest of your week for you. So, you know, school's coming up. You got to end the weekend right with this win. It's suspenseful. It's on national television. And I get it. And look, the fans look like they agree at 27%. Monday Night Football, kind of similar. For me, Monday Night Football was hard to get juiced for because you did have school before. You had to get through a whole day of school before, you know, your team played. I guess that makes it a little bit more fun. I guess it makes the, the day more tolerable. You can wear your jersey or whatever. But Monday Night Football, also, the production itself has just kind of gone downhill. It, it was the one. It was the prime the prime spot. Like, you were on Monday Night Football. That's the big one. Everybody's watching. Now I think Sunday Night Football has kind of taken over that. Well, a little bit of a weird thing happened because it used to be Monday Night Monday night games were on ABC. There were right. it was on broadcast networks. It was on network TV, so more people would watch it. But now that it's on ESPN, I think just less people watch it, so it's less of a marquee game. And over time, it shifted over to that that Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think too, Monday night football has been going back and forth with different personalities. On you know, after you lose John Gruden, 
you know, they tried things out. Jason Witten last year, of course, and Booger were – that was, a, you know, you the scared, Booger crane you, you, was you, a disaster. You, you scared Jason Witten back into playing football. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be fun to watch this yeah. year. 50-year-old Jason Witten running <laughs> five-yard comeback routes for Dallas all day. And you know Dak Prescott's going to target him for sure. But and even before he that – He loves the short game. You yeah, know that. <laughs> that's right. Rex Ryan, too. You know, they put him on. It was uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, again, it's kind of lost its uh, – it's it's you know attractiveness for they, sure. I mean losing uh losing Boomer, yeah, and 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 losing TJ, uh, losing all of the people that the had all guys the time. Too after oh yeah, seeing the oh man, One, that, uh, talk what? about suspense. Waking up the next morning when you had to go to bed early. Sometimes I don't know how you were. You, how you growing up? It's you know when you're at a younger age, you probably got to go to bed at like ten o'clock because you have to get you have to get on the bus at like six a.m. I remember, and sometimes you had to go to bed right after the first half ends, and you don't know what's coming. And Chris Berman's the first guy that's bringing you into the highlights. And that 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 background music, there was never a more nerve wracking time for me than finding out if they won. I mean, for me, that that music is up there with these and with CBS and Fox and. Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, for sure, though. When you lose Chris Berman and you lose TJ, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, this this is the song right here. Oh, man. I can't tell, tell you how many mornings I woke up not knowing the, the result. It's a close game. You have no idea what happened. You know, Bills, Cowboys, Sunday Night Football. As a, I'm showing my age here. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening were pretty coherent when that was going on. But I was younger. And you don't know what happened, and you wake up the next morning to find out they blew it, or that thrill when they when they won makes the bus ride or the drive to work a lot better, for sure. 27% said Sunday night football, 27% said Monday night. CBS was third at 23, and then Fox rounds it out at 22. I mean, Fox, again, Fox, they're covering the NFC. Has that been a thing to you? I mean, I don't know if you know. Has, has Fox and CBS been NFC, AFC for, like, all of time? Or was it different in the past? I I wonder. I mean, they've for as long as I know, CBS has been AFC and Fox has been NFC. And that's a, that's that's for my entire life, at least since I've been watching football. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Nine. I I was saying earlier, ninety nine is probably my earliest Bills memories mm-hmm. of like Flutie and stuff. Yeah. And um, the Rob Johnson days. So, so for me, Bills football has always been on CBS, and the AFC has always been on CBS. Right. They've been doing a little bit of a different thing in the past few years in terms of how they're flexing games. But as long as I've been sure. alive, it seems to be AFC on CBS and yeah. and that on uh, on Fox. NFC. I'm always interested in the dynamic with that because you notice too there was a thing where the visiting team, if they were in the NFC and the AFC team was at home, it'd be on Fox still. So the Bills would play the Giants, but it would be on Fox or right. You know, the home game would yeah. always end up on the opposing the network opposing. Yeah, I'm putting yeah. air quotes here network. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting discussion, but yeah, thanks for everyone that uh, contributed to the poll at WGR 550. You can still get going on that. That'll be open for a little bit more. What is the best NFL game day theme song? I think it's a good topic to discuss right now because football is in the air. We had the hall of fame game yesterday. The blue and red practice right now is going on down at new era field. No John Brown, though. No LaShawn McCoy. Regardless, uh, fun time. Bills football is back. The NFL. I'm sure you guys got your fantasy football drafts coming up very soon. And, you know, like I said before the break, I'm so excited to see this dynamic on offense with Allen, this new look offense. Even the, the offensive line, too, in general, is going to be better. You know, you got Cody Ford. You got Mitch Morris. This, this offensive line should – Deion Dawkins. The offensive line should be better. And with Allen's mobility, I, I hope that that will end up – 
he talked about it with Bulldog and Sal. I thought it was really interesting how he can utilize his mobility, not just to take off and, you know, after your first or second read, you don't just drop your eyes that quickly and get out of the pocket and go run. While he was lethal running the football last year, better than probably anybody, him and Lamar Jackson neck and neck, he talked about it today, how he wants to, you know, his weapons, his receivers, tight ends, and running backs, they are the better playmakers on the team, and he needs to get the ball to them. And he mentioned utilizing his mobility in the passing game even further, keeping your eyes up when you do escape the pocket, using that mobility to step up in the pocket, seeing that pocket presence grow. That's something that's going to be really exciting to see if Allen did take that step, if he did develop in that way from year one to year two. He said all the right things today. He sounded like, to me, if you're a Bills fan, I'd be very encouraged for sure. And I am, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, John Clayton talked about it today on GR. He mentioned the Jets and the Bills kind of talking about the Darnold-Allen dynamic. He said he likes Darnold over Allen. It's interesting. We'll get into that coming up next. I disagree. And uh, I want to kind of talk about Darnold versus Josh Allen here because it seems like, you know, we, we, we had the caller talk about how it's all Cleveland Browns. Seems like the Jets are favored significantly over the Bills from the national media's perspective. So, Lou DiBiase joining you. We got another segment to go here on the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Again, Lou DiBiase on the mic, TJ Luckman on the board. Don't go anywhere. This is WGR. Welcome back in, everybody. It's the Nightcap here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Louis DiBiase with you. So I teased it before the uh, before the break. John Clayton joined WGR today, and he was talking about the Jets and the Bills. Who has a better chance at the playoffs? And a lot of it had to do with Darnold and Allen. TJ, can we play that uh, audio? Here's here's John Clayton talking about the AFC East. I think right now the Jets have a better no, chance to make the jump higher than the Bills because I, I, I just like Sam Darnold better, and I think he's going to be you know, much better in year two, and he's going to have Sam Gaze or Adam Gaze working with him at quarterback as a, as a head coach. I think they, they'll, they'll have the chance to maybe get the six or seven wins. The Bills have a chance, obviously, to get a little bit better. Uh, again, we'll see how it all comes together with Josh, and you know, the Dolphins are just doomed. Yeah, I don't really agree, to be honest. I mean, I agree with the part that the Dolphins are doomed. Josh Rosen was my least favorite quarterback of that 2018 class. Um, You know, with Darnold, I get it. Like, Darnold was the higher pick. The Jets have Le'Veon Bell. They're in a bigger market, too, just in general. But, you know, we talk about Josh Allen's inaccuracies and how that was an issue last year. Uh, And it was. Highest percentage of uncatchable passes on targets 1 to 20 yards down the field last year. Allen was 4th at 23.8%. Darnold, though, wasn't that far behind. He was 8th at 20%. So, you know, the the amount of uncatchable passes Allen threw, yards 1 through 20, 23.8%. Darnold, 20.0. I mean, and just you look at the Jets, too. I'm not an Adam Gase guy at all. I just don't think he prioritizes talent. He prioritizes his scheme and his culture over anything else. And the way he rotates running backs, too, how he underutilized Kenyon Drake last year. With Le'Veon Bell there, sure. Like, he's got targets. Robbie Anderson, I really like him on the outside. They have a great defense. The Williams brothers, they're not actually brothers, a defensive tackle. Leonard Williams and Quinnen Williams with Jamal Adams. That, I mean, that, that is a very good defense, too. Don't get me wrong. I just, the Jets seemingly are the favorite over the Bills, and that's the consensus across the national media. And I just, I don't agree. I think, you know, I'll take the Ravens. I like the Ravens better than Buffalo right now in the AFC. I like Cleveland, too. But 
Buffalo, to me, is right there with New York, and I guess it really comes down to, do you like Allen? Do you like Darnold? I'm more of an Allen guy for sure. I both I like that both of them have mobility. That's the kind of quarterback that I want. Someone that even without great weapons can still make things happen. It's why I didn't like Rosen. I guess it is your preference. I'm more of an Allen guy over Darnold, and I think the Bills roster is very much on even strength with uh, with the Jets. Let's get to a caller here real quick. We got Greg in Georgia joining the nightcap with Ludi Biasi. What's up, Greg? Hey, uh, a few minutes ago, you were talking about. Uh, the channels that were playing the mm-hmm. FC NFC. Yep. And um, I can remember back, and I, I don't know exactly, but it was in the 70s and maybe early 80s when it was the AFC that was the on NBC. Oh. The NFC was on CBS. Um, because I could remember that if you turned, with as a Bills fan, if you turned on the TV and Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson were your broadcasters, you knew this was a big game for the Bills because they were like the two premier broadcasters. And Bob Costas was in there. That's where he got his start on the um, NBC side. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Hey, Greg, what's your, if you had to choose one, favorite theme of all these networks on game day, which one would you go with? You, Favorite theme? Yeah, Ooh. favorite favorite theme song of all of them. CBS, Fox, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. Which one got you most juiced up for football? I probably would have to say the Hank Williams Jr. Hank oh. Williams Jr. Monday Night Football theme. All right, thanks for the call, Greg. I could not – I don't know. TJ, that, that one never really got me that hyped up on, on Monday Night Football. I, I'm more so with the jingles. I don't like the – I mean, I shouldn't say I don't like them, but like the Carrie Underwood Sunday Night theme, I'm more so the, the jingle after that. That's, that's what really I associate football with, not Carrie Underwood, not them actually – you know, not the actual performances from singers. The songs that really, that really carry my night through, not yeah. the ones that get it started. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get to some audio here. Paul Hamilton down at the field. During the blue and red practice at New Era Field for the Bills, he talked with Josh Allen. This is the nightcap on WGR. Let's get to Josh Allen now down on the field with Paul Hamilton. How does this experience, kind of going through it the second time around, compare and you know reflect on when you were a rookie going through this? You know, I think it, it, it just kind of brings the excitement of the season. I think everybody here is excited about it, uh, the team included. It you know, gives our free agents and our rookies a chance to see what type of fans um, and what type of love that they give us. I, I think it's a very big eye-opener for some people, and, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome night. Being the face of this franchise now, how important is it for you to take the time to make those connections with the fans? I mean, we see you out at training camp taking, what, 45 minutes every practice to go sign autographs and stuff. How important is that to you? Well, I understand, you know, I was a fan for a long time. Um, and there's still guys that I'm a big fan of. You know, one of them's playing on our team. But I remember being, you know, that young kid that looked up to guys um, that are in my shoes. And, uh, you know, I just want to pay it forward and make sure that, you know, the fans that support me, I want to make sure that they, they feel how much I appreciate that. And, you know, going around and doing simple gestures, high fives, handshakes, um, signing something for them, um, I know that means a lot. Craig Morris said even after all these years, he loves coming out with these kids. Yeah. You know, for a practice. Okay. You see what he means? I mean, this is your second one, but yeah. is it really, really fun with all the kids out of it, It's absolutely fun. I mean, it doesn't get better than that when you kind of look in the crowd and you see a bunch of kids wearing your jersey um, and putting yourself in their shoes. I was wearing Frank Gore's jersey. Uh, so it's kind of come full circle. And like I said, I'm just trying to get out and, and show them how much I, I appreciate their support. Um, 
you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's surreal. What do you remember about your first time playing on this field or stepping on this field and, you know, what all the rookies have experienced? I was, I was nervous as heck. You know, I had butterflies walking in here for a practice and seeing the amount of fans that showed up. It, it feels like a game almost. Um, it's still loud. People are going crazy. You can hear them behind me. And, you know, we, we've got the best fan base in the, in the nation. Uh, I'm very convinced of that. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the season. How much do, does this practice help kind of almost like a dress rehearsal for that first preseason game? Um, does it? I mean, does it? it? I mean, as far as like stretching, being in our home locker, uh, just kind of getting those things down. I mean, this is the first time that, you know, Cole Beasley came up to me. He's like, where do we go? Like, what do we do now? And we were in our facility and I was like, you just follow everybody else. But it is, it, we're right down the street. It's, uh, the facilities are connected, so it makes it a little easy on us. But like I said, it's the first time that guys get to feel like that game experience here in Buffalo, and um, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Josh, you had a nice touch pass down the right side there to Tommy uh, during the scrimmage period. How much uh, more gratifying are those type passes in comparison to like the long ball? Do you find more gratification in those touch passes than you find in the long ball? In all passes. Everything that gets completed, I'm happy with. You know, Tommy made a good play. It was third down. We were running our four-minute situation. Uh, it had to be a ball that was caught, so I gave him a chance, and he went out there and made a play. So it's good to see that from a rookie, and, uh, you know, he's had a really good camp so far. We're down on tight ends a little bit, but he stepped up um, at such a young age. It's good to see that. Josh, Hi, guys. Last one. Josh, being over a week in a training camp, how do you think overall that the offense is coming together? Like, how would you categorize how the chemistry is? You know, I, I think we're getting there. Um, I, I definitely think there's still a lot of room to improve and room to grow, just as far as relationships and the more we throw with each other, uh, the more that I get to see our, our receiver's body language, the more that our O-line gets to communicate to each other, the better we're going to be. You know, it's all, all repetition. You know, we're kind of switching out pieces and, and puzzles of the offensive line and, and everybody else is kind of out right now. But once we get everybody back, that open line of communica communication is going to be key for us, and um, I think we're at a good spot right now. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Josh Allen down on the field at New Era Field for the Blue and Red Bills practice. This is the nightcap on WGR. We're uh, we're gonna go down now to the field. We have Sal Capaccio on the line again. The blue and red practice going on today. It sounded like Sal. The atmosphere down there was really really good. You can tell the excitement, and a lot of it has to do with number seventeen himself, Josh Allen, and that second year jump that a lot of people are expecting. How was the atmosphere down there tonight? Yeah, it was a great day for football. Great night for football. Atmosphere was amazing, Louie, And I'll tell you. People just came for Josh Allen, right? I mean, that's what they want to see. Yeah, it's the return of the blue and red. It's seeing your Buffalo Bills for the first time in 2019. That's very cool. But there's no doubt that there's a superstar on this team right now, and that is Josh Allen. And even if he's not quite the superstar in the NFL, he is to a lot of this fan base. And, you know, you could see why with that personality and the way he treats fans. Yeah, absolutely. And you can feel the excitement. When you have a quarterback that shows some sort of promise, it does something significant it, it instills hope into the fan base for sure he's got a bunch of new weapons now sal john brown cole beasley robert foster in his second year we'll see if zay jones takes that next step as well how is he gelled how would they look tonight i know john brown didn't practice but how is he and the chemistry with these new weapons how has that developed also dawson knox too how has that developed so far over training camp well i thought that um Tommy Sweeney really had a nice night tonight, mm. and uh, he was asked there, you just heard it in the sound that you played from Josh Allen, 
with the injuries to the tight ends. You know, it's been everybody getting a chance, and then suddenly it's a new guy getting a chance because of another injury. Now here we are with Tyler Croft down, with Jason Kroom down, with Dawson Knox down. It's Tommy Sweeney. I thought he had a nice day today, and he's backed that up. I thought he had a nice week of practice since being inserted as a guy that's being uh, relied upon. And then, of course, you know Cole Beasley's been there since the beginning. They've hooked up a few times and have looked good. And another guy that's really starting to click with Josh, I think, is Ray Ray McLeod. They're giving him the ball in certain ways and uh, trying to find uh, space for him to have the ball in his hands. And uh, that showed tonight. He actually took a big shot uh, as he took a jet sweep around the end. He got hit pretty hard by one of the defenders. So, yeah, you don't want to see that necessarily, but you're you're glad to see the guys going hard in front of the fans. We're talking with Sal Capaccio right now here on the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. So you talk with Josh Allen today, Sal, and you know, he's saying all the right things. I've been very encouraged with the stuff he's talking about, how he wants to grow in year two. It's the things that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, these guys, they take that significant step in year two. At least the past few years, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL have. I talked about specifically his mobility and how he can now more so utilize that in the passing game to open things up, not drop your eyes as quick. How have you seen the growth of Allen as a passer, not only, of course, accuracy-wise, but that maybe, you know, using his mobility to open things up for, like he said, his other weapons that are the primary guys in this offense, not him running? Well, look, I think that now that there's film on him, now that people saw what he could do last year, there's no doubt that defensive coordinators will have that game plan for and coached up, right, that he's going to move, he's going to run, and they're going to make sure that they – keep them in the pocket but you know what Josh Allen has to do now is make them pay for that and what I've really liked about this camp is it does seem like he's finding receivers later in the down he's not taking off quite so quick and especially having a guy like Cole Beasley but it's just not him it's you know the tight ends it's the running backs they've thrown to the running backs a lot throughout this training camp and I think Josh has done a pretty good job of that and then when he has got out in space he's not just looking to take off downfield He's trying to keep his eyes downfield. He's trying to keep his body in a position where he can make a throw. And I've seen that a few times. And he even talked today about you know being able to, it's not about not running as much. It's more about making sure you go through your progressions. Right. If you have to run, you have to run. But you know, if you go through your progressions and you do find a guy, you have to get it to him. And that's better than having him take off. And, and I've seen growth there. And still, there's still four more weeks of that. There's still four preseason games, however much he's going to play. And he's going to have to continue to improve upon that. Yeah, we'll definitely see more of that. Easier to really tell where he and the entire team are next Thursday at New Era Field against the Indianapolis Colts. You mentioned throwing to the running back, Sal. With Sean McCoy coming in this year, there's been a lot of scrutiny. There's been a lot of question marks with his future in Buffalo, if he can still do it after last year, career lows in a lot of categories. Some people say it was the offensive line. Some people say it was McCoy himself. The Bills brought in Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, Devin Singletary. I'm very interested in the dynamic here in the backfield, but specifically Devin Singletary. How has the rookie looked? I mean, he got a lot of comparisons coming out of Florida Atlantic to LaShawn McCoy. How has the rookie looked? And I see why those comparisons are. When I watch him run, he does remind me a lot of LaShawn. He's he's a little more stout, like he's a little shorter than LaShawn, maybe and a little broader as well. Um, but he has that vision, vision. He has that balance, especially when he gets hit. He keeps his feet moving, he keeps his shoulders square, and he keeps his eyes up. And you can see why he had 66 touchdowns at FAU. I like the camp that he's putting together. But right now, he's still third on the depth chart. Look, all bets are going to be off once they start these preseason games. And then we see where these reps go. And I think what Devin Singletary needs to do and what his aim is, is to make sure that 
he makes such a statement in these games that the coaching staff says we just can't keep him off the field. And then they have to make a tough decision on LaShawn McCoy or Frank Gore because I can't see those guys, especially LaShawn, probably Frank, but I can't see LaShawn McCoy being on this team if he's not the number one running back. It just wouldn't fit, especially with the salary he's making and the name that he has. And then I think TJ Yeldon's had a pretty good camp as well, catching the ball in the backfield. Mm-hmm. People don't know. You know, first of all, TJ Yeldon is their biggest running back. Yep. You know, they put him in tonight, went tonight when they had a, a short yardage type of situation that they were working on. And on top of that, he caught 174 balls his first four years mm-hmm. in the NFL. So he is a guy that they signed to catch the ball out of the backfield. The question is, can you keep four running backs and how do they wind up stacking up against one another when it's all said and done? I really like what Devin Singletary's done. Yeah, especially when three of them in McCoy and Gore and in Yeldon, they have all had a lot of experience as, you know, feature backs in McCoy and Gore. And then, like you said with Yeldon, he was a the, the pass catching back in Jacksonville, especially with Leonard Fournette as like the, the starting running back. Have you noticed? I mean, again, it's early. We'll see it more in the games. A lot of teams now are going running back by committee. But when you still have a guy like LaShawn McCoy in the backfield, I'm, I'm curious to see how they, like you said, divvy up the carries. Do you think it's going to be more of a rotation this year, even with McCoy, if he's still here? or if he I do. Kinda, yeah, so you, so you think even if he shows a couple, you know, some good things from two years ago, uh, it'll still be a, a split? Yeah, it, I, the way I've described it right now, Louis, is I think right now what we're looking at is running back by committee, but there's a clear pecking order of that committee. And that and that pecking order is LaShawn, Frank Gore, and Devin Singletary. It's up to Devin Singletary, I think, to move that, though. I think that's the key. If Devin Singletary can move that pecking order, I don't see Devin Singletary getting to the point where he's a feature running back. Maybe by the end of the year he's getting more carries depending on where they are in the standings and those kinds of things. But I, I don't think LaShawn McCoy is going to be carrying the ball. You know, there was a few years there where LaShawn was – you know, in the league leaders in carries and in touches overall, I can't see that. At his age, at this running back stable they've built, having Frank Gore on this team, knowing that, you know, he wants the ball, he's still running good at an older age, having Devin Singletary, younger legs, I I think that they are going to be a team that splits these carries until someone gives them no choice but to make him the bell cow running back, and I don't know if that's going to happen. We're talking with Sal Capaccio down at New Era Field at the blue and red practice for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, a couple of more things here, Sal. We talked about Devin Singletary. I'm a big fan of what the Bills did in the first three rounds here. How have the other rookies looked, though? I mean, you mentioned Tommy Sweeney, someone with, you know, at Boston College, didn't catch the ball a whole lot, but, you know, Mel Kuyper thought he had some of the best hands in the draft. Dawson Knox, you know, you drafted Ed Oliver in the first round, Cody Ford. How has the entire rookie class looked so far early on in the process, you know, of course, before the preseason starts? Well, I think Tommy Sweeney is the one we talked about earlier that's really starting to come on now, and he's getting that opportunity. It's really all about opportunity. And, you know, Devin Singletary, I've liked from the beginning. He's obviously now starting to get a little opportunity with LaShawn getting a rest day today in front of the fans. But, man, Ed Oliver is one hell of a football player. He really is. When you watch him down, the quickness off the ball, the ball get off, the explosion, and it's not just going straight ahead. I saw a couple times tonight. This is the first time I really was able to see in this live action, Louis, where how he can get down the line so fast. You know, when when he's engaged and then he reads the play and he's able to get down the line really fast, Ed Oliver is, I think, going to be a special football player. And right now, uh, the Bills are using him in a rotational basis. I don't see that changing that much because that's what uh, Sean McDermott normally does. But he is going to be a good football player. Um, You know, the other guys, you have Daryl Johnson, who's really not seeing the field 
uh, as much as um, you know some of the other guys would. But he's on on a defense that's really loaded, and there's not really much chance for him to do that. He mm-hmm. could be. I don't know if you want to put a guy like that in the practice squad if he really would uh, sneak through there. But I'm a little disappointed that Voshan Joseph's not getting on the field as well. Uh, he's a linebacker that had a lot of boom or bust potential in him when they drafted him. He's really kind of been persona non grata in a lot of these training camp practices. He's a guy that's going to have to really show up in these preseason games and on special teams. And then um, Jaquan Johnson as well at safety. What are you supposed to do at safety with the, the group that they have? Right. This is going to be really tough for these guys. And look. The Bills have made it known. They want to make it hard to make the team. They don't just want to say, hey, well, we drafted this guy. we got to keep him. They want to make it hard for them to make the team, and it is going to be hard, I think, for some of these guys to make the team when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Uh, Sal, last thing here. Any injury updates to report? I I don't think McCoy was practicing or John Brown. Anybody else? Uh, Micah Hyde sat out once again. He was dealing with a neck injury. We know Mitch Morris is in concussion protocol. The one to keep an eye on tonight, John Feliciano went out of the practice uh, he left. He was getting looked at by trainers. We have no word on him as of right now, but he's one to monitor. He did walk off the field with trainers, but he went to the locker room. He didn't come back later in the practice. All right, Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Nightcap on WGR. Sal, thank you. All right, anytime, man. All right, that was Sal Capaccio. Sal is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. This has been the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. We've got Sports Talk Saturday tomorrow, and then we go through it once again next Monday. We have football to discuss, an actual game as the Buffalo Bills take on the Indianapolis Colts Thursday at New Era Field. We'll get to see Josh Allen, these weapons, these rookies, put it to the test against the Colts. Once again, I'm Lou DiBiase, in for my brother Joe DiBiase. This has been the Nightcap on WGR with TJ Luckman on the board. Have a good night, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.